Welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you ace your exams at school and university through the psychology of high performance and the science of studying smarter, not harder. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, the Cambridge-trained memory psychologist and exam success coach, William Wadsworth. You're listening to part three and an eight-part audio course on how to study effectively, being broadcast absolutely free for you right here on the Exam Study Experts podcast. Today, we're talking about flashcards. I think my all-time personal favourite study strategy. Today, I'll be telling you just why I get so excited about the Humble Flashcard. And you know, while there are lots of ways to study effectively, that's why there's a whole course on different ways to study effectively, I want to share a little bit of why flashcards uh, have earned their place in my heart as my personal uh, personal favourite uh, for me, and you know why I feel they're just such an astonishingly effective uh, study strategy, especially when you're trying to get your head around a very knowledge-dense subject like medicine or science. I've painstakingly built up a series of uh, sort of methodological tips and tricks uh, for using flashcards really, really well uh, through a combination of understanding the memory psychology uh, from years of using flashcards myself uh, and also from years uh, more recently uh, in coaching others in good flashcard technique as part of the work I do as a study strategy coach. I want to share all that best practice with you today. So whether you are new to flashcards, whether you've been using them before, I really want to help you take your technique in flashcards to the next level. Or, you know, if flashcards isn't something you've considered before, or you've sort of written them off as something that you know, doesn't really work for me, then I hope this episode might uh, encourage you to, to perhaps reconsider uh, and maybe give them another go. Uh, perhaps there's been something you've, you've kind of missed or overlooked in your technique that may just help it all click into place for you. Now, this episode, as I mentioned, is part of the How to Study Effectively series here on the podcast. So if you are tuning in to this series for the first time, I would strongly recommend going back and checking out at least the first episode, part one, uh, about the six pillars of student success, which was broadcast as episode 66 episode 66 a few weeks back. Um, that gives you the kind of fundamental understanding of lots of the kind of principles and uh, terminologies we'll be talking about in today's episode. So I would suggest, if you haven't already, going back and catching episode 66 uh, before taking in the rest of this episode. Uh, with that little uh, recommendation out of the way, let's get right into the fantastic field of flashcards. So a little bit of personal context first. Uh, more than any other study strategy, I reckon I owe, I, well, I, I absolutely owe my Cambridge psychology degree to flashcards. If I hadn't stumbled across my sort of flashcard strategy through a combination of basic memory psychology awareness plus a, a decent dose of good luck and good fortune, I, I really don't think there's any way without flashcards I could have learned all the knowledge I needed for my big year-end exams in the short amount of time I ended up having to, to work with. Flashcards work. You know, used well, they are astonishingly effective. They're not magic, but relative to other study strategies that I see students using a lot, like rereading or making notes, they are amazing. 
as I say, particularly when you've got very knowledge-dense subjects uh, and you have a lot of just information, a lot of data to get in your memory. The power of a flashcard comes from three main factors. The first and most important thing is that you can use them for really effective spaced retrieval practice. Again, back to episode 66 with you, if you don't know what I mean by spaced retrieval practice. But in essence, it's the power of testing yourself, pulling information out of memory and doing that repeatedly, spaced out on different days over time. A well-made flashcard has a clear question on the front and a clear answer on the back. When you train with flashcards, you look at the question on the front and try and remember the answer on the back. It's beautifully simple, very focused, very targeted, spaced retrieval practice. Perfect. Second, they're a very efficient study strategy in the sense that they they kind of let you skip steps versus other ways of studying. So to explain what I mean, let's just briefly think about studying in three phases. It's kind of phase one, initial familiarity. Phase two, spaced retrieval practice, where you actually memorize and, and, and absorb, uh, get to information to stick in memory. And phase three, uh, exam practice. Now, before you can get into phase two, the spaced retrieval practice, most students reason that you need a kind of at least some familiarity with the material, perhaps by starting with a bit of rereading or making some summary notes. Uh, that's your kind of phase one. Rereading summary notes may perhaps get you that initial familiarity before you can move into phase two and do your space retrieval practice. Now, I kind of don't disagree with that view per se, but I would say that a very common mistake is to spend too long on phase one, spend the, perhaps even the majority, perhaps even the vast majority of your study time uh, on things like rereading or note making gaining that initial familiarity, when really you want to be getting through phase one and getting that initial familiarity as quickly as possible and pushing yourself to move into phase two and the spaced retrieval practice bit as soon as possible, uh, really, which will be before it feels truly comfortable. So where do flashcards fit into all of this? Well, a really nice feature of flashcards is that if you make them yourself, rather than using ready-made flashcards, and I do recommend you make them yourself if at all possible, then what you can effectively do is combine those phases, combine that initial familiarity and the space retrieval practice kind of in a single technique. Because when you are making the flashcards, that kind of serves as the phase one, the initial familiarization bit. Uh, you know, you make the flashcards, that's your phase one, you write up the question and answer pairs on the front and back of the flashcards. Uh, that gets you the initial familiarity of the topic. And then you can go straight into phase two uh, and start testing yourself, start doing that retrieval practice using the flashcards. You don't have to use separate study techniques for phase one and phase two. Your flashcards cover it all, which is great. And then the third reason I love flashcards is just their sheer flexibility. If you're drawing them by hand, particularly, and I know you can, you know, do this digitally to, to, to varying extents, depending on the tool you use for digital flashcards. Um, you know, but particularly hand-drawn flashcards, you can put anything you want on the back. You can put drawings, diagrams, formulas, words, numbers, tables, whatever you want on the back of a flashcard. Uh, you can even scribble little jokes in the corner of a card once in a while to amuse you. You can carry them everywhere. Uh, if it's digital, uh, if you're using digital flashcard tools, you can load up an app on your phone. Or if you're using paper flashcards, you can slip a deck uh, of flashcards into your pocket as you go out and about. And dare I say it, I think they make studying feel a bit fun. Um, there's a real satisfaction in that feeling of flipping through a deck, 
particularly for me, the paper flashcards, uh, knowing that each time I'm training with that deck, I'm getting more and more mastery over the material. It's almost like a self quiz. It's it's just a, it's just a slight. It's a game. It makes it feel a bit more like a game. Uh, and again, I know some of the digital flashcard uh, tools do do a good job of kind of making it feel a bit game like as as well, which is which is great. Okay, so that's why they work. I hope I'm starting to convince you uh, of of why I get so excited about them. I just want to say a few words about how to use flashcards well, and I want to spend a bit of time talking about this because it's a really important um, it's a really important point. You know, at its heart, at its heart, a flashcard has a question on the front, an answer on the back. But once you get into it, as I will in the next few minutes, there is a whole lot of depth to the methodology when it comes to using flashcards really, really well in practice. You may be surprised how much room there is to go from mediocre flashcard technique to really mastering this powerful strategy. So here are my top do's and don'ts for flashcards. I'm going to start with the phase where you are making the cards. So this is where you're making, writing the flashcards in the first place. My do's and don'ts for that. And then I'll come on in a few moments time and talk about my do's and don'ts for how to train with the flashcards, how to test yourself with the flashcards. But do's and don'ts for writing them first. Okay. Don't use ready-made flashcards if you can. In other words, write them yourself. This isn't a hard rule, but it's definitely preferable in most cases to write them yourself. Yeah, I know you can buy or find ready-made flashcards for a lot of popular courses, but the, there's an effect called the generative effect in psychology that shows us there is a clear benefit in making uh, your study materials yourself, whether you're going digital or writing paper flashcards. Something that just helps you get your head around the material, as I mentioned, it's sort of like that phase one when you're writing the flashcards in the first place, gaining that initial familiarity of the topic. Um, plus, it gives you much more flexibility to use some of the other tricks I'm going to talk to you about uh, now. So do have a clear question on the front, a clear answer on the back. This is the simplest do of all, um, uh, but I have to make it explicit because I've seen uh, many, many times that not actually happening. You know, simple, clear question on the front, clear answer on the back. That way you can test yourself by looking at the question on the front and trying to remember the answer on the back. That's the retrieval practice. That's the bit that makes flashcards actually work. Okay. Don't put too much information on either side of the flashcard. Less, my friends, is very much more. And actually, note form is fine. In fact, heartily encouraged. Some of the most effective flashcards just have a very few words, perhaps even a single word uh, on the on the back, and maybe just a couple of words on the question side to cue the uh, to, to kind of phrase the question in in, in note form. Um, a single word on the back, maybe even a single name or a date or a number. I've seen flashcards that have whole paragraphs written up neatly on the answer side. If you're writing this much, you know, if you're writing full sentences and sent, you know, several sentences, uh, you know, whole paragraphs, multiple paragraphs on the back of a flashcard, I have news for you. That is not a flashcard. <laughs> um, all that is is making notes, but on a small size of paper, and you are entirely missing the point of the flashcard. So if you find yourself uh, writing little, little essays or paragraphs on the back of flashcards. Stop, take a cold shower, and start breaking up information over lots of cards. So maybe one paragraph 
that you'll write maybe one of your flashcards with a paragraph on the back. You want to break up over like eight flashcards, eight separate flashcards, uh, and go for those clear little bite-sized question-answer pairs. Uh, my next tip, if you have complex multi-level multi information to learn, do consider using an initial flashcard to learn the structure of the information and then subsequent cards for the details. Let me explain what I mean. So let's say there is a five-step process you need to learn uh, for your course. You need to know the names of each step in the process. Step one, step two, three, step four, they've all got their names. And then for each step, you need to know the details about what goes on in each step. If you had all of that on the back of a single flashcard, it would be a lot of information and quite hard to learn all at once. So remember, less is more, break it up over lots of flashcards. The way I might tackle this is using flashcard one, so the first flashcard, to test yourself on the names of the five stages. So flashcard one says, uh, whatever process, it, name of process, five steps. Uh, and you just got to remember the names of each of the five steps. That first flashcard is then followed by five more flashcards. So you end up with six in total. So five more flashcards, uh, each of which asks about the details of each step in turn. So remember, so for step one, you need to know, there's like a key detail you need to know. Um, I don't know, maybe the temperature of which you're supposed to uh, run that step. Um, so flashcard two would say, okay, what's the temperature for step one? Flashcard three would say, what's the temperature for step two? Uh, and so on, temperature step three, step four, step five, uh, across the next uh, five flashcards. So you end up with the first flashcard that kind of tests, the that asks you to uh, remember the overall um, the overall structure, the overall names of the five steps, and then the following flashcards go into the details step by step. So rather than one monster flashcard that's very difficult to learn, you end up with six flashcards, each of which has a nice bite-sized bit of information on it. With me so far? Great. Let's move on. Don't feel you have to conform to any particular format. As I mentioned earlier, you can put anything on the back of a flashcard, particularly if you're doing it by hand on paper. You can put a name, a date, a formula, a diagram, a table, whatever you want. Again, remembering though uh, that if you can, break uh, break it up over multiple uh, flashcards. Don't put too much on one flashcard. Do consider adding a note on the front of a flashcard if um, there is a certain number of things you need to remember. So again, if it's a list of five things or a list of um, you know five steps in a process, I might actually write the number five on the front of the flashcard to make sure I remember I've got five things I need to remember. And if I haven't remembered five, I need to keep going and trying to research my memory until I've thought of, of five things, uh, if at all possible. And the final uh it's a tip I've got for you in terms of making flashcards. Don't spend too much time writing the cards. Make them quick. Go, go, go. <laughs> Remember, the real benefit comes, the real memory work comes when you actually start to test yourself, train yourself with the flashcards. Writing the cards, that's just the kind of the warm-up. That's the introductory step. That doesn't actually, that's not the bit that gets you to learn the content. You need to write the flashcards, of course, in order to get on to the next step where you're testing yourself with them. But uh, go fast when you're doing the writing. Save more time for uh, testing yourself. So my second step set of do's and don'ts relate to that second stage of flashcards. So once you've made them, you can start to train with them, to test yourself with them. As I say, this is where the real work is done. So try and leave as much time as possible for this second stage. 
Here are my do's and don'ts for the, getting the most out of training with the flashcards. I do normally suggest keeping your flashcards in order, unless there is really no order or logic to the information you're learning. Most of the time, though, flashcards on a particular topic will kind of form a sequence of some kind, working through relevant areas of the topic in an order which makes more sense than if they were just jumbled up and shown in a random order. This tip about keeping the flashcards in order is especially important if you are facing long-form written answers or essay-style questions in the exam. By keeping your flashcard decks in sequential order when you're learning, it'll help you remember the points help you remember the material in some kind of logical order, which is exactly what you'll need if you're writing up a long-form description or an essay of that topic. For this reason, when if, if I'm using paper flashcards, uh, I'll use decks that are spiral-bound so that they stay in order um, rather than just having loose cards. Uh, and I think on a lot of the digital flashcard tools, uh, you will if you look deep into the settings, uh, you'll find an option to keep decks, flashcard decks in order uh, rather than random jumbled up when you're in test mode. Um, so I would, I'd recommend looking into that. Uh, and if your flashcard tool doesn't have that functionality, uh, you might consider choosing a different tool. Don't be tempted to refresh your memory by flicking through the cards before retesting yourself. So say you've made some cards a week ago and you're coming in to test yourself. A very common mistake I see students doing a lot is just having a little look through the flashcards. Uh, it's been a week since you made them, so having a little look through uh, before you then retest yourself. Do not do this. That's cheating and completely messes with the benefits of the spacing effect. Uh, that we met back in episode 66 on the six pillars of studying effectively. So do give yourself plenty of time to remember as you're testing yourself. Don't flip them over too soon. Look at the question. If you need to, sit there, screw up your eyes, reach into your memory for at least 20, 30, 40 seconds, uh, if that's what you need to do. That is golden memory work. When you're sitting there, screwing up your eyes, reaching back into your memory, oh, that, is, that is the best bit of memory work you can be doing. The most effective bit of retrieval practice of all is when you can recall something successfully when it feels really hard to remember, when it's kind of just on the verge of being forgotten. So lean into that and, and uh, you know, savour those moments where you can. You might not always be able to remember it. That's OK. Don't worry. Trust the process. Uh, I'll be talking about that more in a second. Don't do all your remembering in your head. Um, so as you're testing yourself, don't try and remember everything in your head unless those answers are really, really super short. So as I mentioned, I really love those super short answers like single words, single names, single numbers. But I know that's not always possible. Um, sometimes you've got no choice other than to have some information on the back that is slightly more complex. So I mentioned an example earlier, actually, you know, if you have five steps in a process, that's five things you need to remember. Um it doesn't sort of really make sense to split that up over multiple cards. Um, or maybe you've got a long quote to remember or a formula that has lots and lots of parts to it. You know, you can't really split that information out over multiple cards or a complex diagram. That's another good example. You know, these things you can't really split out over multiple cards. So you've got to remember them all in one go. But what I would say is it's really hard to remember, uh, you know, things like that where there's a bit more information to it all in your head. Let's take that example of a list of five steps in a process. If you're trying to remember five things in your head, it's very difficult to remember number four or five um, sometimes because you've sort of got to remember like 
that you're not re-remembering the same thing as number one or number two. Uh, so when you remember item number five in a list, you've got to kind of compare it back against items one, two, three, four that you've already remembered. It's a lot to hold in your head all at once. It's really hard. But if you write it all down, that just makes it so much easier. Uh, and you'll fight, stand a fighting chance of remembering it all. So what I would say here is keep a scribble pad to hand when you're training with your flashcards. Scroll all over it as you're remembering things. And then if you want, screw up that paper and throw it away at the end of the session. You know, the point isn't to make a, you're not trying to make a new study resource here. You're using the paper just as a scribble pad to just dump down the answers uh, to those flashcards. Next tip, do prioritise your weak spots. Keep revisiting the flashcards you got wrong again and again. And again, if there's a hard card that you just cannot get in your head, maybe it's a complex diagram, a multi-step process, a longish quote, big formula. Okay, then what I want you to do is break it down. Look at the first part, cover it, try and remember it. Do it for the second part. Look at it, cover it, remember it. Then do both together. Maybe you need to break it down into more than two parts. Do whatever you need to do. Keep breaking it down until you've got a small enough chunk that you can cover it up and remember it and then start to piece it, piece, piece the different component parts together. Keep repeating until you can write the whole thing out from memory. Once you get it right the first time, go on, do a few more new flashcards and then come back and test yourself on that hard card again. Drill yourself on it a couple more times if you need to. If that goes well, maybe try leaving it at until a little bit later on in your training session. Maybe right to the end of your training session when you've done all the other flashcards in that topic and see if you can remember that hard card again then. If so, great. If not, you know what to do. Another round of trying to reproduce it from memory. Drill it. Try and write it out from memory once, twice, three times. If you need to, start breaking it down into its component parts again. Whatever it takes to get it to stick. I would also refer you uh, to episode 76, which is coming up in a few weeks' time, on using chunking and memory cues for more ideas on what to do when information is really challenging to get to stick in memory. Uh, that, 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 uh, that episode has got some really good tips for uh, kind of mnemonic strategies you can use uh, when it's, you know, there's complex information you really need to get to stick in your memory, uh, and, it's, and it's just quite challenging to do it. Um, there's a few little tools and tricks uh, I can share with you in that episode to help with that. My final don't is don't fall into the trap of thinking that getting a flashcard right once means you'll get it right forever. You do need to keep looping back on flashcards even after you get uh, get them right the first time. And finally, do build time for spaced retrieval practice right into your study routine. We talked about the Goldilocks principle in episode 66 that basically says leave shorter gaps between retesting if you're finding it impossible to remember and your recall accuracy is very low. So if you're struggling to remember stuff, come back to it sooner um, and leave longer gaps, longer time lags if it's all really easy to remember and your recall accuracy is very high. In other words, if you're getting all the flashcards right straight away, instantly, really, really easy, then leave at a longer time. Uh, leave it some more days, leave it a longer stretch before coming back and testing it again. You're trying to get this kind of golden right amount of difficulty. Like when you're testing yourself on the flashcards, they want to be feeling challenging um, and you want to be getting most of them right, perhaps with a bit of head scratching, uh, but it shouldn't feel impossible. Um, but it, they shouldn't feel too easy either. So if they all feel really, really easy, you're getting 100% 
no difficulty at all, you can afford to leave it a longer time lag before testing yourself on that flashcard deck again. Uh, if it's all completely impossible and you can't remember a thing, then you want to leave a shorter time lag next time before coming back and testing yourself on it again. So a good way uh, to, to kind of put this on autopilot is to just bake your spaced retrieval practice opportunities right into your study routine. So when I was making flashcards as a psychology student, what I'd do is spend perhaps an hour making flashcards, dedicate the last five to ten minutes of that hour to testing myself on all the new flashcards I'd just made. Then I'd go have a short break, come back and retest myself on that set of flashcards a second time. Uh, I'd then end the day, so end the whole day, with maybe 30 to 40 minutes retesting all that day's cards for a third time. I started the following day with 30 to 40 minutes dedicated to retesting all yesterday's cards. So by now, uh, within 24 hours of making the flashcards, I've tested myself on them four times. Once at the end of the session, a second time at the start of the next session, uh, a third time at the end of the day, and a fourth time at the start of the next day all as part of my study routine. So every hour block starts and finishes with a bit of retrieval practice and the day as a whole, the first block of the day, the last block of the day, that's uh, dedicated to not doing, not, not making new flashcards but testing myself on flashcards I'd made. Maybe then once a week I'd set aside maybe an afternoon, maybe a whole day as the volume of flashcards grew uh, and retest myself on all the flashcards from that week. Um, plus maybe some flashcards from previous weeks, prioritising ones I felt I knew less well. So that wraps up my do's and don'ts for good flashcard technique. Powerful, powerful stuff. Remember, there are multiple ways to be right when it comes to studying effectively. For other ideas, see previous episodes in this course, uh, such as episode 68 for the brain dump or blank page retrieval technique, uh, which came out a couple of weeks ago. And also look out for upcoming episodes on Q&A ultranotes, uh, doing practice papers, uh, mnemonic strategies that I mentioned uh, a few moments ago, and much, much more. But flashcards are undoubtedly popular. Done well, they work. Simple as that. But as always, so you don't have to take my word for it, next week in episode 71, we'll be meeting uh, one of my former coaching clients who's become a big advocate for flashcards too. I helped her overhaul her study strategy earlier this year. And as you'll hear in that episode uh, with her next week, she's had some astonishing success since placing her in the top fraction of a percent in her exams so far, as well as enjoying much less stress and overwhelm as part of her preparation process. So do join me again next week to, hit, to meet Divine uh, and hear just how she achieved such amazing success using the flashcard strategy we've been talking about today. For now, thanks again for listening. It's been such a pleasure, as always, to have your company. Uh, wishing you every success in your studies. Thanks again. If you've got exams coming up, you can now get all of William's favourite tips and tricks to save you time and get you higher grades, all in one handy cheat sheet. Grab your copy at examstudyexpert.com slash free tips. Thanks again for listening, and see you soon.